Welcome to episode 48 of Probably Polly, the podcast where we question everything, even our name. As always, I am your host, Michael Haig. I am your co-host, Sarah Lucas. And I'm your co-host, Mandy Conant. And as I said in the impromptu intro to the last episode, this week we are going to talk about what it's like living in the world of the coronavirus. Yes. As the episode title suggests, we're actually going to look at how we find meaning and happiness in adverse life circumstances generally, but obviously the lens that we all have universally available right now is the coronavirus and the universal quarantine that we're all on. This is really interesting because we actually tried to record this episode already once and all of us were burnt out and depressed and tired and the episode was just sort of meandering, focused on legislative minutia which by the way at the end of this episode partly because there's no other way to talk through this we are going to go quickly through the bullet points of the cares act and other relevant legislation that will give you advice on how to handle some of the financial stresses and we'll mention that more during the episode so we're going to focus on the ethics the emotional impact family impact and especially the impact of anxiety and depression in this context for most of the episode and then end with the financials and i think it's funny that you said the last episode that it was run on because we were all burned out and depressed and anxious and something else and to be clear i am still all of those things today (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i don't know if i'll be much more focused the only difference is that i am not those things okay okay (laughs) that's the key difference so i'm gonna be on task for everybody okay okay cool michael's gonna keep us whipped in shape yes (laughs) although i have found in my experience as long as one of us is on topic it tends to drag everyone else along on the topic because the hardest part the part that you need a fresh mind for is what's the next point yeah where are we rotating to where are we pivoting to responding much easier true yes this is actually really interesting a friend of mine who i'm trying to figure out how to even talk about this person i think they said i could use their name but i don't know if that was a joke or not so i was reached out to them and i hadn't talked to them in a while and we had a couple of standing engagements that we had to cancel for obvious reasons because all engagements are canceled and then I didn't reach out to them and I thought you know I should probably talk to them so a little bit of background for me I was originally sort of really excited about all of this stuff because I have spent my entire life preparing for an apocalypse that isn't probably going to come although you know it looks more likely every day and so my general hobbies and lifestyle fit this really well I had all the stockpiles of all the things I needed and I am always trying to find more time to write and work on my own projects and suddenly I have all of the time in the world and I thought this is going to be great then and somehow at the end of a week I was depressed enervated had done nothing of any productive value and was going wait a minute, how did I get here? And I was trying to turn it around some and I reached out to this person to talk to them and they were saying how difficult of a time it was for them. And the one thing that I've noticed is that all of my friends with anxiety, which is most of my friends, here, here, <laughs> this has been really terrible for way more than I would have expected. So my live in nesting partner hates working. One of the things that we've done is made arrangements and let them work the minimum humanly possible in order to keep them sort of engaged in reality. Don't you give them a time off day too, like a time out day? Yeah, yeah, right. And they have a whole day where no one's even allowed to talk to them. <laughs> I don't even look at them. They come down the stairs and I like avert my eyes, you know, not into people. All they ever do on their days off is hide in their room. And they're always talking about how they don't want to go to work. They work the minimum number of days, like three days a week, partial shifts, just enough to pay rent and food. So when this whole thing came up, my 
extended family functions as a single financial net because it's just safer and cheaper for everyone that way. And they worked with us to work out that we wouldn't have to pay rent for two months. And we would cover his food if he just wouldn't go out and get the virus. <laughs> because he's the nihilistic one. So we were like, the deal is we would like to feel safe. So if you will stay in your room, we will basically cover all of your costs. You can take the time off. We'll even help you apply for unemployment because he's in a restaurant, which immediately shut down and right. he immediately got put into the system for unemployment availability. And as little as he worked, he's actually sort of financially better off having all of his bills paid and then a trickle of income from unemployment insurance. This was before the CARES Act and it's unclear what that's going to look like now. But but at the time already, it was like, all right, so your total disposable income is going to go up a little bit and you get a three week vacation. And he just plunged into depression. And I was like, I am so confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I mean, at some level, I did get it because I understand that for someone recovering from trauma, routine is so important. Yeah. So part of the reason that we don't just pay all of his bills is we know that if he never had to leave the house, he would get off a sleep cycle, get off a schedule, get off an eating schedule and eventually sort of go insane. But I didn't think like the day it started, you know, I was thinking that, that those are more residual yeah. problems. And so what I started to realize after I talking to all my different friends with anxiety is that the issue is actually that anxiety is all about, I mean, in a sense, it's basically being overly worried that you can't control your world. Uh -huh. And so when the entire world turns upside down and you can't control anything and everything that you even think of as having a sense of control over is taken away from you, it is crushing to people that have anxiety. Oh man, no wonder I've developed anxiety because I have new new things going on, symptoms and such in my life. Sure. Anxiety is a new. I've never experienced anxiety or panic before. And that definition, oh man, do I relate. <laughs> and I think a lot of people who didn't have anxiety now have anxiety. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> and so I was struggling with trying to understand what we could do with this podcast, what I could do generally to help people, because I don't have any of those problems. Even in this context, I don't have any of those problems. I just, I do not respond emotionally to exterior changes. God, that must be nice. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> like, fuck you, Michael, that sounds awesome. <laughs> And part of it is because my worldview includes the assumption that you have literally no control over anything. Okay. And I am a control freak. <laughs> Evidence that there's no control over anything changes nothing about my life. I always knew we had no control over anything. So this is sort of an embarrassing name, but it's an internal thing I use for myself. But I actually can talk about what I do with my life as what I call chaos surfing. So chaos surfing is the idea that you can only control about three to 5% of what happens in your life. But over an entire lifetime, if you're constantly pushing that three or five percent positive and it accrues like accruing interest does, then you end up making a significant impact even if you didn't control most of what happened to you. And it's kind of the best you can do because that's actually the amount of control you have over your life because you can't control things like a pandemic and then instantly having your income cut in half. Mm -hmm. You cannot control questions about like if you're going to trip and fall and are suddenly injured mm -hmm. other than a tiny bit, right? Like you can go do yoga, which will lower the chance a little bit that you'll slip and fall, but not remove it. Certainly not guarantee that you're safe. I think that's part of what protects me is that worldview. Yeah. And this is why I am always pushing the worldview of if you don't believe in free will, at first it's terrifying, but eventually it's very comforting because you don't take things like this the same way. Because if you did think you had that illusion of control, and this is from an existentialist construct, very inauthentic to believe you have control over the universe. You absolutely do not, demonstrably do not. And so you're trying to hide from yourself constantly the fact that you don't have control. Suddenly you're shown that you don't have control. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But the important point wasn't any of that because that would take a long time to develop. You can't <laughs> <laughs> develop that. It takes months, maybe years to learn that. Like now's a good time to start maybe for the next <laughs> pandemic. But oh, oh God, knock on wood, Michael. 
not going to save you today. But what I realized by talking to my friend was that the concern that a lot of people had, so obviously there's the concern for immediate safety, which a lot of people have, but there's also a concern of who am I now? Ooh, yeah. When a lot of people have had what they define themselves taken away. Yeah. That could be social interaction as an extrovert. It could be your job as a career path person. It could be just your wealth. If your stock market 401k just dried up, a lot of people are having these sort of elements that they've created for themselves that they have invested with their sense of self ripped violently away from them in a moment. And they have to look at that and go, okay, well, who am I now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is, of course, part of what I was saying about my worldview, which is that all of my investment is in me. My $100,000 debt is in four different college degrees. So those didn't go anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. All the things that I think about me did not change during this situation because my whole thing is I am this person trying to accomplish these projects in ethics and helping people and keeping my family happy and safe and developing this method of being happy and safe. I am only interested financially in maintaining that. And so as long as I can see an avenue to floating my family through the end of the pandemic, then that's the same as what I was doing before the pandemic. It's just the chores are different. Yeah. Before I was going out and fixing people's houses. Now I'm applying for different grants and (laughs) looking at unemployment insurance and these sorts of things, trying to cook, make myself smaller save money financially. Yeah, I think that the person that I've seen this definitely affect the most is my 14 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, yeah. her whole identity is wrapped up in a she's a gifted straight A student with a huge friend base at school and plays softball for the rec league and softball for travel ball. And all of that came to a screeching halt. It's gone. That's a perfect example because none of the things that you would think of as being stressful are on her. Right. She knows she's still going to eat. You're going to have a house. You're going to have toys. You know, you don't even have to do anything. But her whole identity. That's right. Is just in shambles right now. And she is, she's really struggling. We went and picked up. She also, she also plays clarinet. They shut the schools down for the rest of the year yesterday, which threw her into a really horrible spiral. So the school sent out a thing where we could go get their instruments that had all been in the band room because you you leave your instrument in the band room during the week. And so they'd been just sitting there for the last month and they wanted the kids to be able to come get their instruments. Sure. So they set up like this car line of people coming to get their instruments and she saw the band teacher and just broke down. I mean, she was Mm -hmm. just, I mean, she was like ugly Oprah crying. Yeah, well, and band is tight-knit. I mean, I was in marching band, and I was in symphonic band. And when you're in band like that, if you don't know, band has a militaristic approach in high school. So, like, people in the band are unbelievably loyal to the band. And the the instructor is, like, second parent level person. It just sucks because her whole person, everything that she identifies as, just crumbled. Yeah. Wow. And she has no idea when it's coming back. Right. And that's the other part, of course, is that the not knowing when it's coming back. So we've often talked about how the not knowing is the worst part of most moral scenarios, right? right? So like, if you know you want to break up with someone and you don't tell them and then they're not sure and they're floating in flux wondering if you will, won't want to date them, that's the worst, as we know. And that's going to be the same for everything. You can actually go see the studies on it. Human stress, even for cancer patients, goes down when they're diagnosed, right? So like when they're like, you may have cancer, come in for a biopsy. That's the most stress you're ever Oh, yeah, you're through the roof. Right. Even when they call you and go, oh, you actually have cancer. You're like, okay, now I know what to do. Like I have a path. Right. I know where I'm headed. I have specific outcomes. Right. You have this specific cancer. It's at this stage. This is the plan. You're like, cool, we got this. 
you know? And having a venue for action is also very important. Yes. So one of the things that comes out of sort of HR studies is that really good companies, smart companies, even when they fire someone, will actually give that person the materials for how to appeal how to apply for unemployment, mm -hmm. how to apply for wrongful termination. Because it turns out if you give them the materials, they're actually less likely to act out. Interesting. But knowing they have all these options and having the direction and the fact they can investigate it dramatically lowers the chance that they'll do something violent. Which is important. Because it's a what now? It's going to help them evaporate that stress right. and move on because it's giving them a place to be so they have a way to relate to the situation. Yeah. Super important. And that's another thing that this is not doing well. There's not a lot of what to do next. So we're going to give you some through the CARES Act and the CARES Act does that, among other things, is it gives you what to do next in a lot of financial scenarios. But for a lot of things, there isn't anything to do other than wait. Yeah. yeah. Once you square your survival level monetary scenario, there really isn't anything to do other than wait that's built in. And it's only a temporary monetary scenario. You don't have very much control over that because what we know, what we expect, and I think what is true, in fact, is if the quarantine continues as far as the worst projections projections have it up to 18 months, mm. then they've already talked about that there's a possible, you know, that they will roll out another act and another act to cover that space, basically. Right. Yeah. But you don't know what it will look like. Right. And you don't know what sacrifices you'll be asked to make or how generous it will be. The other thing is, even if, for example, a lot of people have talked, and we were discussing this last time, we talked about how many of us were looking at a situation where the unemployment benefit might even be more than we're making or the same as what we're making right now. Now, but again, only temporary. Yeah. The estimates are that the economy of America is going to shrink by 20 to 30 percent. So even if that's true for four months, then you have to find a job in an economy that's one third smaller than it was the last time you were looking for a job or the last time you were employed. Yeah. With millions of people looking for jobs as well. So that is all very scary. And it's all very far away. And it's hard to not have action for that long with a sort of Damocles that big floating on the horizon. Mm -hmm. right. And then in addition, your sense of self has been attacked. And then of course, a lot of people, especially as adults, as adults that have children, our sense of self may well be just breadwinner. Yeah. It may not even have anything to do with the, the work so much as the amount of money that the work makes. And it sure as hell isn't breadwinner and homeschool teacher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're, you're also in a scenario where you're being asked to do a lot of things you've never done before. So, okay, well, now I am not at work or worse, I'm working from home while trying to homeschool my kids, which I never prepared for because that was never my intent. Yeah. Yeah. Very rough. Yeah. So here's the question then. What does meaning look like? right now. Oh, fuck. What can we do action wise right now? And how can we prepare for the outcome at the back end of all of this? Hmm. So the way I've been getting through the day, because I have to work eight to five is what I've been working at home. Sure. At that point, the kids come down and they do some schoolwork while I'm doing my work in between. I'll take a little breaks and we'll do little stuff and take the dogs for a walk and stuff. But I really, really am trying to do something fun with the kids every single day mm -hmm. because through all of this like I know I know my role is is still breadwinner I, I am the breadwinner of our family mm -hmm. but I have a different role now it's still a parental role but they it's like they're toddlers again not like in the way they're acting but right. they are depending on me for so much sure. more again for entertainment for direction for all of that yeah my meaning has definitely shifted more towards my kids again than it was two months ago because two months ago you know my kids were just teenagers that 
ugh, they were teenagers, you know, it's just... <laughs> they had their own life. Right. That they were very absorbed in and were doing their best to avoid you as much as possible. Yes. And as long as you were getting the bills paid, that was what they needed from you. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly they need a lot of other things from you that they did not need. Right. Because now I'm friend. They want to talk about all the memes. They want to watch the shows <laughs> together. They want to do something fun. It's it's entertain me, mother. That is very toddler-like. My toddler is constantly <laughs> making me watch shows with him. I'm like, want to watch this with me? And I'm like, yeah. uh, maybe. <laughs> what are you watching over there? I've watched so many teen dramas in the last... Oh. <laughs> Because and it's and it is mostly my daughter because she needs that interaction much more than my son does. But I don't want to say that they're like toddlers again because of you know the way they're acting or anything. But the need level is back to the, like toddler level. Sure, it's totally understandable. You don't mean that they have regressed. You mean that they have different needs right. in this circumstance. This is actually sort of interesting because it's almost the anti-poly apocalypse, right? Yeah. Because it's like. <laughs> We're constantly saying no one person can meet all your needs, get your needs met where they're best met, diversify your yeah. portfolio, even here, diversify your being for others. Mm-hmm. And suddenly your world is small. Yeah. And they're getting along better. Yeah. Interesting. They would. They would. Yeah. Yeah. Because two months ago, like I said, my daughter is in, she like her plate is so full during the week. She doesn't have time for nonsense and she doesn't have time for uh. her stupid brother's pranks and his, oh, let me stop you and try and get in your way and, you know, and, or, or his shit in the way or anything like, you know, like that's, they don't get along on a normal basis because uh, they're the only friends they have right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, that's interesting because we, we had talked about how my parents very intentionally did that with the camping trips with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They basically repaired our sibling relationships or shored them up. I'm not sure how they if they were repaired or not, but shored them up yearly by forcing us to be the only person that was guaranteed to be around yeah. for three weeks or more. We're having more family game nights and things like that. Yeah. And I think that is one of the, the good things that we're seeing. Yeah, the connectedness is changing. Yeah, I'm learning a lot of about my kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah this situation i mean it's still a little bit smaller but is actually significantly closer to the evolutionary day-to-day the 24-ish people of an extended family wandering around together all of the time interesting the literally having to get along with the people in your group like we talked before about how weird ghosting is from an evolutionary perspective the ability to Mm -hmm. come into someone's life and then just evaporate back out of their life was not an option no so conflict resolution skills get neglected when you don't have to be with that person later. Hey, you're in my way, screw off, and now I'm going to go out and hang out with my friends and not see you for two weeks. It's very different than, hey, you're in my way, screw off. Hey, you want to play some games? (laughs) I don't have anyone else to to play games with. I'm not allowed to see any other person than you. We've not had any big blow-ups, oddly enough. And I've not been drinking that much. (laughs) This is, for me, the hopeful part. It's the thing for me that's so exciting about all this is that I'm constantly talking about working together as a group to be happier, healthier individuals. And all of those things are at least temporarily being done. Mm -hmm. I mean, the CARES Act is 80% of the legislation that I'm saying we need to have on a day-to-day basis as a four-month temporary version of it. I thought that was funny as well. (laughs) All of the things that we're like, we need these things as a society, we can provide these things as a society, and they're going, we definitely can't. And then they're like, well... We can. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazier is we can while the economy is shutting down. Right. Yeah. You know, that there's definitely enough money in the economy to provide these things when the economy is working. If there's enough
enough money in the economy to provide these things when the economy is broken. Yeah. yeah. You know, when the engine basically shuts down. But the difference is, of course, that the illusion of the job, American exceptionalism, which we've discussed before, which is the concept that people will say, well, I'm self-made. And if you're not making your own needs because you had a personal failing and having that limited job market and assigning all prestige to where you are in the job market is the method that whether intentionally or unintentionally, I'm not saying it's an intentional system. Most systems are not intentional, Mm -hmm. right? Like most social systems are, they just are what they are. They just kind of happen. Yeah. They happen sort of like almost like social evolution. Yeah. Where the the society is fit to self-replicate and that's all, right? It's fit to self-replicate in its environment and that's all it ever does. Mm -hmm. It has no other interests. So that system allows everyone to not see other people's pain as their problem. Mm -hmm. When other people are suffering, they go, well, you should have worked harder. You should have done something different. But suddenly if someone goes, I am suffering, I can't even work. You go, oh man, we should provide you some health insurance. We should provide you some money because if we do not, you're going to just fucking go out in the streets and we're going to die. The people who really have the power, both in a voting sense and in a financial sense, are the people that this virus has a 22% kill rate for. (laughs) So suddenly those people are very happy to find the money to sustain the entire country so that they won't have us swarming the streets, spreading the virus to everybody, harming everybody. I thought it was funny when the congressman and the senators started getting sick. That's when shit started getting done. (laughs) (laughs) How gross is that? That that's when things started to change. You can say or you can think that the senators are horrible and corrupt and maybe they are maybe they aren't I don't really know but I think at the end of the day they go home and think that they're basically decent people oh yeah absolutely. because I think everybody does that yeah. so I think that they're in again the system has evolved to self-replicate mm-hmm. you know it's a self-selecting self-replicating system where it's like the people who get up and say things like I think it was, was it Billy Graham or Lindsey Graham it's Lindsey Graham Billy Graham's kid Lindsey Graham the senator who said that he didn't want us to have the additional money on in the unemployment insurance because then people wouldn't want to work Right. Afterwards. Mm -hmm. I think he believes that. Isn't it sad that that's the case, though, that that's the case? But I'm sure he believes that working is important in some sort of moral sense beyond just how it will affect his paychecks. I know that we're going to talk about this later, but you know where the $600 bonus a week came from? Mm -mm. Because it's assumed that the average income is about $1,000 a week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right. And and unemployment <laughs> only pays about 40% of that. So that's where that 600 sure. is coming from. And so, but not just at a legislative level, but at an individual level, like you said, I haven't seen as many family blowups in the different families that I know that people are like, you know what? These people are important. We're all under enough stress. There's no reason to do that. I haven't seen as much road rage, even in similar traffic conditions. I was going to say, because I mean, there hasn't been any traffic. traffic. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously less traffic, but I also just see people sort of, when someone's trying to get over and something's difficult, going, oh, I bet they need help, instead of going, I bet they're a jerk. Mm. Yeah. Even as much as we focus on doing the right thing, we have gone to two of our elderly neighbors and sort of a very respectful distance after knocking on the door and said, do you need someone to deliver your groceries? Yeah. The people I haven't even talked to before, and you're going, oh shit, they could die. Yeah. And it turned out in both cases that their family was already covering that for them, which again, their family was showing up and doing that work, which is real labor. Mm -hmm. I mean, bringing your family their groceries is time, it's effort. It's emotional labor. Mm-hmm. It's risk. There was a minute um, where anywhere around here, you didn't have toilet paper. The only place mm-hmm. you could find toilet paper was at BJ's, which is 
I don't know if you guys have BJ's, but it's like a Costco or Sam's Club. Yeah, we do. Oh. The only place you could find it was BJ's, so you had to buy it in bulk. So it was expensive. Mm, I see. We didn't need toilet paper, but we went and bought the toilet paper at the cap that we could, because they were only, I think it was like one or two packs of toilet paper they were letting people buy. Brought it home, split it up, sprayed it down with Lysol, and made a post on social media that said, who needs toilet paper? We can deliver it to the end of your driveway. You know, and just split it up in like Kroger bags. Because people couldn't afford to go buy, you know, most most of the people we know can't afford to go buy a huge 40 roll pack of toilet paper or the membership to BJ's Club. You know what I mean? Right. But it's interesting that even as forcibly distant as we are, yeah. people in general are acting more like a community right now than they have in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we should all be anyway. Yeah. You know, it's not fair that there are people living in a level of poverty that's unsustainable mm-hmm. in any kind of healthy fashion. Like you're making making choices that directly attack your health, longevity, mental well-being, yeah. and the well-being of the people that depend on you when you are making less than that 50-ish a year mark. Right. Yeah. The thing is, again, that this is creating a scenario where there's just not enough people in the boat where they can appear to themselves to pull themselves up by their bootstraps to be able to justify saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps right. to everybody else. Right. And that it's so obviously not your fault. Yeah. yeah. And uh, something big like this is really easy to see, but the whole notion of systemic oppression is that it, again, not in design, but evolved to be invisible. Because if it wasn't invisible, people right. would fight it. If it was clear that entire groups of people were suppressed economically or otherwise, people would fight that. That's why when you see things like sexism, racism, whatever, they're all sort of the institutional slow burn variety and not the obvious, like if someone actually is a straight up racist, still in most places, that's enough to completely get you fired get you removed from the team, etc., get you socially outcast. It's all the hidden ways that that happens that we know, like when you send out a resume, two identical resumes, but you put a, a white sounding name and a black sounding name on yeah. them, the black sounding resume gets like 60%, le- you know, as many hits as the white sounding resume, everything else being equal. Right. That sort of stuff where you're just going, geez, like just the name on this stop people from looking at it twice. Yeah. And it's not that those people even know that they're doing that. Like the implicit bias test we've talked about before mm-hmm. where, where people have implicit that biases for and against people of different races, people of different genders, etc. They just don't know. Yeah. It's at a heuristic, unconscious response level, not at a conscious, I am a bad person level. Right, right. Well, I told you about my partner being racist and he didn't realize he was being racist. He was telling a story to um, a friend of his and his boyfriend, it was something like I was saying in the store and the black guy in front of me did this and that it had nothing to do with his race. Mm-hmm. And the friend's boyfriend went to his boyfriend later and was like, you know, like, I don't really want to hang out with your friend anymore. I feel he's racist. And so the friend went to my partner and was like, dude, my boyfriend thinks you're racist. My partner was like, I'm not racist. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I said, okay, tell me the story. And he told me, I was like, ooh, honey, that was racist. <laughs> like, I said, it wasn't, you know, you weren't intentionally being racist, but tell me what that guy's color, his skin color had to do with the story. Right. Yeah. There's so many. Right. He was like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> right. oh my God. God, I'm racist. And I was like, yeah. but now you're conscious of it and you can change your actions and, and be a better person for it. And, and, and I said, so what you need to do is you need to go thank this 
this gentleman and ask and, you know, and of course apologize, but thank him for pointing that out because you didn't realize that about yourself. Right. And he did. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I mean, he didn't know he was racist. And the, like what Michael says, it's like the slow burn. It's the, the system, the, yeah. our society has just created things that we don't even we don't even recognize what's happening. Yeah. These things that are hurting others. And people are scared to point it out. Exactly. The thing is that right now people, you know, are actually actively working against things like that. That the concern is, am I safe? Am I far enough from you? Are you far enough from me? Yeah. Um, do you have what you need? Do I have what I need? You know, how can we do this together? And this is why I always have found zombie apocalypse movies so unrealistic that yeah. all of the evidence of prehistory humans yeah. is that when prehistory humans met each other, they were super nice. They shared everything they had. It went really well. There was very little infighting because you were just so excited to run into another human out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to fight them. Plus the scary, you know, why? Like the risk of fighting someone is just so high in that context. And our society is not pitting us against each other right now. That There's no real value. It's not like if I do, I need to do better than you. I just need to survive. Yeah. Like the, the interest is in surviving financially, the interest is in staying healthy, keeping your family healthy, keeping your extended family alive. If you have elders in your family or people with compromised immune systems in your family. And in a lot of ways, I think that that is emotionally so much better and is so profoundly hopeful. Like well, I'm always telling people that everyone at base is good and people are always saying you're hopelessly naive. And I think <laughs> that this sort of shows that that's true, yeah. that people have been confounded and bamboozled and trapped in a system that hides from them how they're harming people around them. But when right. it's laid clear what you need to do to help other people, people rise to that occasion immediately. Yeah. And I think that that is something that I am profoundly grateful to see and that I I see as incredibly hopeful for surviving global warming, dealing with late stage capitalism, and otherwise dealing with the different difficulties that we face the world over. Short term question, things to do this minute right now to have access to important things. Again, at the end of this, we're going to go through the CARES Act. And I would say go through that, listen to that. And we're going to put the link to the summaries and stuff in the end. Yeah. Um, and, and follow the steps available to you. So apply for unemployment or apply for grants, those sorts of things. And there are grants out there, by the way, for a lot of different industries. Like there are grants for people in the service industry who are put out of work first that you can apply to to try and get some help for your family if you're in dire need. A lot of companies are starting to to put out things like here's how we're helping people here's what we can do you can reach out to creditors you can reach out to landlords and say you know i want to pay here's where i'm at financially what was what would that look like what can i you know work out and i know some people are going to say nothing and some people are going to be mean but a lot of people are going to work with you because at this point if you evicted someone tomorrow it's not like you did a new tenant yeah. you know how would you even well they can't the courts are closed yeah <laughs> they're motivated to work with you because they don't have a system in place to help them punish you yeah yeah so those are all good direct things you can do network with your chosen family whether that be actual family and friend uh, you know or your friends or both or some sort of mix and say like how can we each support each other help you guys find a homeostasis where everyone's getting their needs met you are probably in a scenario where you have a lot of older family that really could use your help like if you have to go to the grocery store anyway you can pick up food and drop it off for them outside without ever contacting them and that insulates them from something that's significantly dangerous to them and they can probably help you financially because they're probably probably in a better income situation since their income is unlikely to change since they were not working anyway. I mean, not everyone has that, but there are some people that probably do. So look for those sorts of things that you can do immediately, but also this very important one foot in front of the other maintenance that people immediately lost. Right. So, so many of us have our schedule set up so that we automatically do at least enough things to keep us sort of sane. 
So for example, I get all of my exercise through my work and I work very heavy exercise, lifting hundreds of pounds. And suddenly I'm doing none of that and I'm super depressed. And one of the things that's missing is exercise. And I have never been good at going to the gym. I've never been good at doing actual exercise. Not that I'm going to a gym, obviously, but I've never been really good at getting up and going, all right, I'm gonna do push-ups right. this morning. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know the difference between today and my brain dead day, the difference is I got up and exercised. I Good made job, myself yeah. exercise and that I made myself go to bed on time, wake up on time, set that schedule, stick to it, yeah. exercise in some way every single day. Yeah. First of all, right now, it's good just for your mental health. One of the things we can still do is go out for walks. Even if it's only going out for a walk for 30 minutes, do that. Just be careful while you're out walking to mind social distancing. Do all the safe, important things you have to do, but also get outside. Well, one thing though, you, you have to be, um, there are some counties in my state that are saying don't leave your property, basically, unless it's essential. Look into the regulations. Look at where you are, obviously. And it's based on those ordinance needs and the density of the people in those places. So check what's safe. But you know, if you have a yard, you might not be able to walk in a circle around it because that's boring, but you might be able to play tag with your kids. Something, right? Yeah, sure. Throw a football, something. Find yeah. a way to integrate that exercise back to the extent that you can in the space that you can. Yeah. Even if you're just inside, I do my exercise inside. I have free weights, but you can do it without free weights. You can download Men's Health, Women's Health, maybe there's some non-binary health magazine, and look at exercises that work for your body type that don't require weights that you can do anywhere you know there's a ton of free videos on youtube yeah. and i know there's a bunch of different <clears throat> websites that are doing free at-home workout sessions as well yeah right and live ones yeah mm -hmm. chris hemsworth is yeah, doing like a live yeah. <laughs> all right i just like written format information a lot yeah. i i dislike videos because i can't skip through them mm, yeah in any kind of meaningful way understand that go to bed on time wake up on time set a sleep schedule and stick to it no matter what yeah if you have major chemical dependencies like i'm caffeine dependent like i still need to get my caffeine in the morning like i would if i was going to work like just because it's my day because i'm not going anywhere doesn't mean i don't need that to focus and function oh god i seem to be going through way more coffee <laughs> me too <laughs> i'm drinking like a whole fucking pot of coffee sure. right now every day. <laughs> but, well, and part of that's because when you lack structure, even on the weekends, it makes you tired. Yeah. Yeah. And so because you got because you lack structure, you so everybody is now experiencing what the difficulty with being self-employed is, yes. basically, which mm -hmm. is that you have to create your own structure and you have to stick to it. Yeah. But you know, if you are stuck at home with family, you can put each other in charge of each other's structure. Yeah. You can make your partner or your reciprocal bosses, basically, you know, or live-in roommates, whoever. Just make sure I'm up at six, I'll make sure you're going to bed at nine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, whatever your, your issues are. Take your dogs for walks is a yeah. good idea. Mm -hmm. Shelters need people to temporarily shelter pets through this. Yeah. And pets are not a risk for the coronavirus. And there's been a lot of studies that show that having a dog is one of the number one things you can do to avoid depression. Yeah. Not even yeah. because it's a dog, but because it will force you to go on two or three walks a day. And those walks are actually the number one thing you can do to avoid depression. Yeah. But being held accountable by something that you cannot off-put mm -hmm. is a huge deal. Yep. Foster a pet. Absolutely. So foster a pet through this. It'll do double duty. You'll both be doing a, a help for the shelters and for other animals and for yourself. That's a triple duty. <laughs> That's triple duty. It's doing great. 
One thing that I, that I got um, from my therapist when I saw him was, uh, it was a little tip that I was surprised about, not only on keeping your routine, but to when you wake up in the morning, dress for the social setting that you want to be in, which jokingly, I was like, I don't have an 1800s ball gown. But uh, at the same time, like yesterday, I was home for work because of unrelated things to the coronavirus. And um, so I got up and I first thing waking up, I got into jeans and a shirt the way that I would if I was going out to hang out with friends, which is what I would ideally want to do. And it made a huge difference for me, just that one little thing. And that makes a difference to keeping your routine. On that note, though, Sarah, I had a Zoom the other day, like a Zoom hangout, like we did for probably Polly last weekend. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a proper Zoom hangout. (gasps) How fun! We got dressed up and put makeup on and like did our hair. I love it! Yeah, it was a proper Zoom is what we called it. Totally doing that. A formal Zoom. So look on the bright side of the situation Mm -hmm. and focus on, okay, well, what can I do here? that's exciting and motivating and interesting. Yeah. You don't just dress for work or for other people. You do dress for yourself as well. But to some extent, you've forgotten that because the thing that makes you get dressed is work. Yeah. And so don't obviously, like Sarah said, dress for the situation you wish you were in. So not don't dress for work because I assume you don't wish you were going to work today. But even if you're going to work from home, maybe dress for hanging out with your friends, unless, of course, you have a dress code for the Zoom or whatever. Yeah. Dress for yourself. What would make you happy if you're wearing it? You look in the mirror and go, ooh, I feel good about myself. That makes me happy. Right. Yeah. What he said is that also helps you swing into a more consistent daily routine just that one step in the morning can help you do all the little steps yeah it's like morning showers Mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. wake you up significantly right so getting up doing your morning routine having a shower getting dressed are all things that you can do to alleviate fatigue and to help you stick on a schedule for those people who are really really struggling i had a friend of mine the other day that was really in a bad place and he tried to call three different crisis and suicide hotlines and could not get anybody Oh, yeah. Because it's, they're sick too. They're short staffed. Wow, I didn't think about that. But one of the things that they did do early on was do interstate medicine. They cleared interstate medicine. Oh. You can see a therapist in any state now online, you know, via a Zoom or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, most insurance companies cover it too. Um, If you have a friend that, that needs a therapist, you know, needs a right now, and you have a therapist and they're in a different state, and that's... That's something that is accessible right now because I did end up giving him my therapist's name because I'm not qualified to deal with somebody in a crisis situation. And I want, you know, you want to, you want to help him, but I don't want to mm-hmm. say the wrong thing. This begs the question people say, okay, so it's all well and good to say I need next steps and I need to maintain routine. And I'll call that the one foot in front of the other approach that one of the, the keys to staying healthy right now is just continuing to put one foot in Day-to-day. front of the other, no matter how tired you are, mm-hmm. get up and do these things. Move those things forward, push that forward. And let's say, but how do I do that? I have no energy. And so I'll tell you how I do that. Coffee. (laughs) Coffee is a huge deal. I do love coffee. But the way that I do that is I build it one task at a time. I imagine that the list of all of the things that I do looks like a bunch of interconnected strings. I like that. And when I drop all of the strings, there's none of them. And so I start with one string. That is assigned to whatever task I think is, I identify as the most important possible task to getting me back on track. That's usually going to bed at the right time or exercise or remembering my coffee. 
I make that the only thing I have to do for the first day. And then once I've got that down the next day, I maintain that and I hang another thread from that string. And I add the next most important thing that I have to do. And I only have to do just those two things for that day. And I keep doing that until I get to as many strings as I possibly can and I have a flurry of activity. And then eventually I fall off and I lose all of my strings and I start again. And that's fine. So first of all, I find that usually you'll add more than one string a day because once you've done mm -hmm. that first success, you feel so good, right. which is why those are keystone activities. You'll often ramp up much faster than that. But even if you're only adding one thing a day to that list, that's entirely fine. And then secondly, and this is the most important key, you have to forgive yourself for failing. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly forgive yourself for failing. In studies about procrastination, the number one thing that you can do to overturn procrastination. And all of this in the end is just procrastination, right? When you get up and go, I'm just gonna play video games all day instead of exercising, you're just procrastinating exercising. You know you've gotta do it eventually. You know you've gotta eat eventually. You know you have to face work eventually. You know you have to face your money eventually. It's a form of procrastination. The number one thing that you can do to stop from procrastinating is to forgive yourself. That you say, okay, so I haven't started yet, that's fine. Everyone gets stuck, everyone suffers, everyone feels bad. Mm -hmm. And even if everyone doesn't, I do. And that's who I am and that's fine because I am fine. I'm going to go ahead and start now, or I'm going to go ahead and do that one thing today. And if I do just that one thing, I feel good about myself because that's the only thing I had to do today. And if I do more than that, that's just gravy. And if you can do those two things, you will eventually be able to do all of the things that you want to do and get out of those holes that yeah. you've fallen into. That's alternate courses of action. So our second question was, what does meaning look like now? Who am I now? In an existentialist concept, you are not you are not your jobs, right? You you know you know that that's a form of self-objectification, right? Yeah. Because the concern that I have here isn't what kind of things you have to. We all have more than enough to do. Not that we're doing it, right? <laughs> but everybody definitely has more than enough things that they could be doing yeah. right now. You know, between their actual work, the extra work from kids, the helping people that are in need, the helping the world that is in need, we all have an infinite list of things we could be doing that would be of value to us. So that's not the concern and you are not those things you were never those things when you say well i was the breadwinner but who am i now or i was the flute player but who am i now that's a very inauthentic way to be that from an existentialist lens that is a form of self-objectification that you were leaning into because it was easier it gave you a pre-made sense of self as long as i do a b c d e i am the kind of person i want to be the kind of person that you actually are from an existentialist perspective is based on the sum of all of the things that you end up doing in life so at some point, you're going to have to tally for this time, this time out, if you're trying to talk about who you really are and what that really looks like. And so you would, should be doing in this time the same thing that you would do in any other time, which is say that when you make decisions about what you ought to be doing, what has value, you're voting on what humanity ought to look like. So right now, what's important and how can you work on those projects? What kind of projects are appropriate to this environment, this real world? When you start to get into ideal abstracts, like, oh, I wish I lived in a world where I wasn't quarantined and there's no point in living in this world where I am, you're moving into a form of self-objectification and honestly pure inauthenticity instead of focusing on what you could do right now. And there are so many things that you can do right now to help people. And it's amazing how grateful people are even for very small helps right now, reaching out to people who on your friends list do you think might need reaching out to? 
that you could send them a message and say, hey, are you doing okay? Do you need anything? Or what other ways can you think of to make those bonds happen? So if you're friends at school where your entire life, can you do Zoom calls? Can you find a video game interaction that allows you to hang out virtually? Can you look at writing letters to each other or emails? Or I mean, people used to play chess by letter. Haha, <laughs> I forgot about that. I mean, there are lots of ways to interact with other human beings that do not require face-to-face. And in fact, before the internet and before cars, you lived on a farm that was the same as being quarantined. You got to go into town once every two months or less. You lived with basically six or seven people, and yet people had rich, meaningful lives then, as people will do now, but they didn't have the benefit of all the technology and all of the novel methods of socializing that we have now. Mm -hmm. So you're just saying to accept what it is now and just make the best of it. To look at the situation as what it actually is, honestly, Mm -hmm. accept that and start use that as the starting point. Yeah. Not wishing for what you don't have, but looking at what you do have and go, given everything I do have, what in that matters to me? What in that excites me? Where in that can I help other people? Where in that can I improve myself? And what can I learn about who I really am from how I respond to this experience? And how does how I respond to this experience tell me who I am? And how does it vote on who humans mm-hmm. should be. What should humans do in a pandemic? Should you do the bare minimum that has been legislated for you by the government? Or should you invest in learning what the best practices are to keep everybody as safe and happy, as healthy as they can be? Should you invest in providing support to the people around you where and mm-hmm. how you can? How should how best to support these things? You know, you see stuff everywhere like, oh man, go and eat at your favorite local restaurant. They need the support. And maybe that is the way to support them, but maybe it's not. Maybe the best way to support them is to buy gift cards yeah. for later. So that you don't go out and endanger people (laughs) by going to the restaurant. You know, it's not entirely clear what the best system is, but that that's your job in this situation from an existentialist perspective is to answer that question. Existentialists say that you make your meaning by your decisions. That's how we know what's meaningful is how we decide. Hmm. Existence precedes essence is the core tenet of existentialism, which means you have to be before you can create who you are. So your essence, the essence, your soul, who you are comes after your existence because your existence is what informs it. How you live is what makes your essence. Okay. (laughs) We're looking at the time and we have enough time to go through all the cares acts and stuff like that. So we're going to have to really quickly do the third point because honestly, the third point is not one we are experts at anyway, which is what are we going to do at the back end? of this. So the first thing I would say is, in a sense, we're in almost the best situation for something like this to happen, assuming there isn't like a governmental coup, we're all about to be able to go vote. Oh, yeah. I would be voting for people who have social agendas. Yeah, yeah. Right now, if you want to know that you're going to be supported on the back end of this in defining that new job, if you want to see the kind of programs that this country has always used to get over deep depressions, those are liberal programs. Those are social structures programs. I would be looking for candidates that do that, regardless of what group they're in. You know, I mean, because the thing is, the CARES Act was passed by a Republican Senate, Mm -hmm. even if it was also passed by a Democratic House. So it's not like there are not people on both sides of the aisle that go, okay, we can't let the entire country sink. So I'm not saying go vote Democrat. I'm saying vote for people who are getting up there and standing up for social ideas and social people's basic rights to life, to safety, 
to health care. Like, that's all I'm saying is we know that the majority of Americans support health care. We should be voting like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know that the majority of Americans support gay marriage. We should be voting like it. That's crazy to not do those things, to not support other people. So that, that's one big thing that we can do, obviously. The other thing I could say is you can go ahead and start. I would go ahead and start adding some time in right now to plan for what you're going to do in best case middle case worst case mm-hmm. four months yeah. so if you got laid off this week you got four months to get out of here right so what's your four month plan look like you might even be able to use that opportunity to reinvent yourself i have been meaning to write a book for a very long time i i struggle to both pay my bills through my day-to-day hourly work and to have time to write maybe i can find four hours a day to write and it doesn't even have to be the kind of way you would do it before look at the situation you're in now so before if i was going to take time off to write i would have to be writing eight hours a day to survive mm-hmm. yeah but in a situation now where i have to spend some hours taking groceries to my parents, some hours watching my children, some hours doing all these other things. But I'm also getting unemployment in order to watch my children because they're, you know, not able to be anywhere else because my grandparents can't take care of them because their grandparents can't take Mm -hmm. care of them. I could actually work two or three hours a day. And over three months, that would be enough. Try and rethink your thoughts. Like, so to go back and don't like look at all of your options from scratch in the new environment. So I know you've already done what was I going to do, but this is totally different now. And then look out and think, where do I want to be in four months? And how could I get there? You know, So places are not necessarily hiring right now, but there's also dramatic shifts in who has money and where that money is. There's Mm -hmm. massive gains in tech industry, in any kind of video conferencing, and those people are hiring quickly. Mm -hmm. Amazon is hiring quickly. You can get into these programs now or look at getting into these programs, sending them messages. Damn, I wish I had stock in Zoom. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah i know right stock in zoom or stock in amazon would yes, have been great right. we don't own stock in zoom but we have used some of the money donated by our fine listening audience to purchase zoom pro so that we can have a multi-people meeting that lasts more than 40 minutes yes Yes, yes, yes. Speaking of which, you know, one of the things that we're doing is we did a video conference last week where we and listeners got together and talked and chatted and it was amazingly successful. It was really good at connecting us. We started at five Eastern time and ended up going all the way till nine. Nine o'clock. Yeah. And Mandy cut it. Like it wasn't (laughs) even like people were done. She was like, we have to be done. I'm getting off. (laughs) And it was so good that we're going to, we're going to start doing that on the off week. So every other week we're going to release a podcast and every other week you can come to that. I am committing to be there no matter what from five to seven 30, but I have small kids. I have to put to bed. I made it a little bit longer. So instead of five to seven, it's five (laughs) to seven 30, but I have kids. I have to put to bed. So I'm going to leave at seven 30, but you know, people did get to also ask us questions and we got to respond free form to them. We had amazing conversations. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is people aren't listening to the podcast as much right now, which is surprising because they have a lot more time. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people listen to the podcast on the way to work and they don't have a commute. Mm -hmm. And so our numbers are down. Our daily listens are down. New people finding the podcast is down. But of course, also, we're a polyamorous podcast. So what new person is looking at polyamory when you can't even (laughs) talk to your neighbor, much less date a new person? Yeah. (laughs) And so we can put some of that energy into these other things, but we can prepare, right? One day the sun's going to come back out again. One day the pandemic's going to go away and we're going to be able to go back to dating people. And when that happens, people are going to want to know how to do it. And so we can invest in that now and we can invest in each other now. And that's the kind of mentality that you should be looking at. And the nice thing is that that circles back into the other things because that's part of putting one foot in front of the other, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you're on unemployment and there's nothing that you can do right now and you already applied for all the programs and you're just maintaining your schedule, you you should also be thinking, what would I need for four months from now? Can I go get online classes, many of which are now free and rebrand myself and get a tech degree that I wanted? Can I get back and doing my art and try and 
and sell my art on Etsy? Can I play a music instrument? What, you know, what can I do with this four months? How can I approach that? And how does that express who I am and who I want to be? Yeah. All right. So we are now out of time. So as promised, Mandy's going to hit the high points of the CARES Act and things you can apply for. And Sarah and I are going to add in if we think we can add in, but hopefully we're just going to let Mandy go through it. For... Citing purposes, I'm using a New York Times article. They did a really good job summarizing the CARES Act, which is the stimulus package that the government signed not too long ago. I think it was like a week ago, a week and a half ago. Yeah, as of this release. Also, important note, this has been really confusing because the Democrats wrote an act that the Republicans shut down, and then the Republicans wrote an act that the Democrats shut down, and ideas and pieces of both of those acts got reworked into the final version of this act. So, like, for example, the Republican bill was writing um, the direct payment as a tax credit you'd have to pay back, if I understood it properly. And maybe I didn't, I don't know, but I thought that's what it was. And now a lot of people think that this act you have to pay it back, but I cannot find any evidence that you have yeah, to pay I, it back. Yes. It is a, a payment that you get to keep, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I don't see where you have to pay it back. It's not outlined. The What I can see is worst case scenario, you're gonna have to just claim it as income. No, no, you're not. You definitely will not claim it as income. Yeah, the one, so the one-time payment, and this is why it's super confusing, is being written as a tax credit. This has some important ramifications. The first is tax credits are the only non-taxable income because they've theoretically already been taxed. They're part of your taxes. Yeah. And also it means that you have to have filed either your 2018 or 2019 taxes to get it, but you can file your 2019 taxes still, and there's a three-month extension even, and as long as you file them, you'll get this credit. It, and you can file them even if you wouldn't normally need to. So like if you make 5,000 a year or less or you're on social security or something so that you don't file, you can file and still get this. And it actually says if you're on social security, you get it automatically so you don't need to file. So that's a different. And if you're gonna file taxes, file 2019. Don't file any back taxes, just file 2019 because you can e-file also, and it's just gonna be the one-time payment. And it looks like from what I read today, this is not in the New York Times article that is posted below, but I did read a an article today that said most people, if they e-filed and gave their bank account number when they e-filed to get a refund back, you will get your stimulus payment mid-April. Other people who did not do that and the IRS just has your address, it may take a couple months to get to get the $1,200. There will be only one. As of right now, they're already talking about more stimulus packages in, in the future, but there will only be just the one $1,200 payment for now. All adults will get the $1,200 unless you're claimed as a dependent on somebody else's taxes, then you will, you will not, of course. And then of course, $500 for every child or dependent that you claim on your taxes. If you receive social security payments though, you will automatically get your $1,200. You do not have to file your taxes for 2018 or 2019. Unemployment benefits. Okay, I was told today that the, I know the state of Georgia is not taking any individual unemployment claims right now. It's all through your company. Your company is filing unemployment for you as you're being laid off. And people are not getting their extra $600 right now either because it's just not rolled out yet. Um, They only signed it, what, a week ago? So you'll be getting a $600 per week bonus on your unemployment. That's on top of the regular state 
weekly benefit that you would get the maximum benefit for a couple states is just ridiculous. By state, it's usually 40 or 45% of what you get normally, of what your salary is normally. So then on top of that, you'll get the $600 a week. This also applies to gig workers, freelancers, and independent contractors. I'm not sure what the calculation base is for that. People who are not normally able to claim unemployment are going to be able to claim unemployment, including contract workers, gig workers, and other people that are self-employed. And they will also receive that $600 bonus on top of I, I don't want to say what they would normally get because they wouldn't have normally gotten anything, but they'll get that on top as well. <laughs> Part of the $2 trillion budget from the federal government is that they're basically guaranteeing all these addendums. So whereas your state might potentially have gone bankrupt on trying to handle unemployment during this time, the government's saying, we will yeah. definitely make sure the unemployment money is there for you. Right. Unemployment also covers part-time workers. So if you have been reduced to part-time, not just laid off, but if your hours have been cut, go apply for, for unemployment as as well and you will also get that $600 weekly addition. Any significant or substantial reduction in hours allows you to apply for unemployment. If you can't work because you're taking care of your elderly parent or child, try and file for unemployment as well. Right, right, and that's important. So quick note, if you actually leave your company, like they say like you're not allowed to work less or you have to keep working and you are forced to quit or resign to take care of your children or sick family members, you can apply for unemployment insurance. Whereas normally if you quit, you could not do that. If you're about to start a new job and you can't get there now because of because of an outbreak, you're eligible for benefits as well. You'll also be covered if you were immediately laid off from a new job and didn't have sufficient work history under normal benefit circumstances. Then again, that's that varies state by state. How long you normally would have had to work at a job to receive unemployment. That's not the case now. This is morbid, but it needs to be said if the breadwinner of your household has died as a result of coronavirus, you are entitled to unemployment insurance as well. If, if your source of income is gone because of coronavirus, basically as a whole, if your source of income is gone or significantly cut, you can file for unemployment insurance. The only people who are really not covered under this are like new entrants into the workforce. <laughs> So like if you just graduated college, you can't file for unemployment because you didn't have employment to begin with. Also, as a norm, most states usually provide about 26 weeks of benefits. Some states have trimmed that back. But uh, under this bill, it gives an additional 13 weeks of benefits. So in a lot of states, it'll cover you for 39 weeks with that extra $600 payment a week. So that's for for up to four months. Um, covering weeks of unemployment ending July 31st. And if your unemployment has run out, absolutely go, go resubmit your application because you could get that extra 13 weeks and that $600 payment on top. The retroactive, if you're newly eligible for the benefit, you may be able to claim state level benefits retroactively back to January 27th it'll ultimately be determined by your state. The additional $600 benefit counts as income, so it may deem you ineligible for means-tested programs like Medicaid oh. and health insurance programs and things like that, just to, just so you know. Interesting. Normally, states have a one-week waiting period to file for unemployment, and they have waived this, and you can file for unemployment immediately. Uh, another part of the stimulus package is the student loans. Anybody who's got student loans? Federally funded student loans. Yes. 
the government had already waived two months of payments and interest for federal student loans. And now with the CARES Act, you have until September 30th for automatic payment suspensions. And it is retroactive to March 13th. And this is really important. They did not clarify this in the original two-month extension, but under the CARES Act, there will be zero interest and zero capitalization on the loan, but also it will count as six months of loan payment if you're on a loan forgiveness program. So for example, in North Carolina, if you get a teaching degree and you work for the state for, I think it's like 10 years and you pay your loans the whole time, they forgive, or four years or something, they forgive it at the end. This counts as six months of that time, even though you're not paying. They hadn't clarified that before and they were people were worried about like, if I don't pay, will it mess up my loan forgiveness? And there are some programs that are not eligible, but it does say that if you've borrowed money from the federal government or a so-called direct loan in the past 10 years, you're definitely eligible. Yep. So check that out. This part of the CARES Act is uh, super important for people who have 401ks. Normally, you can borrow against your 401k and you can only borrow 50% of what's vested. And now that is waived and you can borrow up to $100,000 this year without the usual 10% penalty. Also, it will still be taxed as income, but you won't have the 10% penalty and you can borrow a lot more against it. You can take out twice the usual amount up to $100,000 for 180 days after the bill passes with certification that you've been affected by the pandemic. Losing your job is probably sufficient. Having kids is sufficient. Having anybody that you is in yeah. your immediate family who got the virus yeah, and seriously. you had to take care of them is sufficient. I'm hoping taking a pay cut is sufficient. <laughs> Um, but so that rule is suspended for 180 days. You've got to, you only have 180 days to do it after the date of the, the, the bill passing. If you already have a loan and you were supposed to finish repaying it before December 31st, you get an extra year to do that now. Okay. And then I think the other big one that for our audience, because we're not going to cover all the stuff that like, if you're a big corporation, you have lawyers, you know what you're doing. But the other big one for our audience is if you are a sole proprietorship or a small business, you can take these massively subsidized federal loans for up to, I believe the structure is double your annual payroll based on your 2019 taxes probably. But again, if you are running a business, you have to go read that yourself and, and figure that out. But like, if you are worried your business is going to close and you're drowning, there is help for you as a small business through this um, subsidized loan program. This is the last thing I'm going to say about this. And again, all this is outlined in the article that we have attached to where we've posted the podcast. It's all in, in very plain terms and easy to read. One of my favorite things <laughs> about this bill is that it ch it changes the rules for health savings account and health care flex spending accounts. If any of you all have those. Historically, it hasn't covered menstrual products. And now it does. That's something that got through oh in this my bill. Gosh. I, I have no it. idea how it got through, but after 15 years of lobbying for menstrual products to be able to be reimbursed under the your flex spending account, it makes sense. Now they are, which is fucking amazing. There's a lot of great things in this stimulus package that's going to help a lot of people. That's just kind of a really that's like my bow on top. <laughs> that's my pretty pretty pink bow on top right there <laughs> while we're taking care of each other why not actually have some justice yes yeah all right so 
I think that's it for now. Uh, please join us for this week's call. We're going to put the link to that this time in the description for this so that everybody has access to it because we normally do it through our Facebook. I would still suggest joining the Facebook at Probably Polly, Facebook Probably Polly because it's just, just where we put out all of our notes and reminders. This stuff's coming up and do announcements. It's just an easier way to keep in touch with it. So it'll be Saturday, April 11th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Correct. Right? Yes. Yeah, so five, yeah, it's 5 to 7.30 or whenever everyone gets off Eastern time. Correct. All right. <laughs> we'll see everybody. Uh, actually, now I can say right. next week and it actually be next week because we'll see oh, you yes. when we were. Yay, we get to talk to you. See, you, next week. see week. you. We will see you next yes. week. Yes. <laughs> the questions coming. Tell All us right. if you'd like different coverage during this very different time. Thanks for All listening. Right. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Yes. Stay <laughs> home. Self distance. Practice safety. Yes. Take care of your neighbors. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.